Get your promise to your might and to the Lord. your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. You are high priest in the holy temple of God. You represent God to the people. You're in charge of the priests and Levites in all phases of the worship of God. Do you believe in God? Do do I what, O king? Do you believe in God? Believe that he actually lives and has being? Well, of course, your majesty. Many people say that they do, but their actions belie their words. To come directly to the point, do you believe, sincerely believe, 
that the fortunes of Judah, of Israel, of every nation are in direct proportion to their belief in and obedience to God. Well, our nation prospers when we worship and obey God, and we decline when we forsake God. So it is with nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, O King. Thou hast well said, High Priest. The cleansing of the temple and its rededication, though done quickly, brought happiness and a fuller sense of the people's duty to God. But it was only a beginning. Yes, Your Majesty? I am going to reinstitute the feast of the Passover. Oh, be it known unto the King that the Passover feast has been celebrated since the departure of the children of Isaac and Jacob from the land of Egypt. Mm, Individually, perhaps, but as a nation and a chosen people, the Passover feast has been entirely forgotten. The division of our people, O King, into two nations after Solomon's reign made the celebration of the Passover seem impracticable. This be but an excuse, High Priest. The kingdom of Israel is about to crumble, Jew, according to the word of Isaiah, to surrendering her alliance and faith to the false gods of nations round about and losing sight of the power and might of the God of our fathers, and worshipping him not. Thou art a great and mighty king, your majesty, but king only of Judah, not of Israel. An edict to Israel to attend a Passover feast here in Jerusalem would be laughed to scorn, your majesty. I have no intention to order the people of Israel to attend such a feast, merely to invite them to come, if they so wish. Thou art truly a king of God. And he shall surely give thy reign prosperity such as no king has ever known, neither shall be known henceforth. Hear ye, ye people of Israel, come hither and hearken unto the voice of the king of Judah. Who is that man? I don't know, but he must be some sort of messenger from Judah. What is the king of Judah to do with us? We are Israelites. Let us go closer and hear what his messenger has to say. Then we'll know. Hear ye. Hear ye, ye children of Israel. Turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. All ye that remain free from your lords, the Assyrians, ye are urged to come to Jerusalem to the feast of the Passover and serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn from you. If ye will again trust in your God, he will bring thy brethren and thy children from captivity in Assyria. For the Lord is gracious and merciful and long-suffering. Ah, the Passover feast, it's been years. I'm satisfied to continue worshiping right here. Why go all the way to Jerusalem? You don't have to, it was merely an invitation. Oh, Hezekiah must be a good king. Good king, Hezekiah? Ha! He's got a lot of nerve, sending messengers here to make requests of us. He's not our king. Would that he were. Then perhaps we'd be strong, whereas now we're a weak nation come to our end. The Assyrians have already invaded our land. They've taken thousands and thousands of our own people as captive slaves. I think we should go to Jerusalem and attend this renewal of the yearly Passover feast. You know, this may be our last chance to save ourselves and our nation from utter ruin. I'll stay here and continue to worship at my own high place and grove. False gods. I'm going to Jerusalem. The response to the king's invitation was entirely different in Judah. Tell the king that we will be at that Passover feast as one man with one heart to do Well, 
So this is the city of David. It's a beautiful city, beautifully situated. But what a shame. Everywhere, on every corner... Begging your pardon, sir, but uh, did I not understand your words? Well, I was merely remarking to myself the condition of Jerusalem. Mm. The altars I see on every corner. Aren't they made of gold and silver and brass from the vessels of the temple of God? Well, that's a yar, young man. The wicked king Ahaz uh, had them made from the holy vessels of the temple and placed them on each corner. Oh, well, why does King Hezekiah permit such desecration to continue? Well, he's been on the throne but a short time, young man. Uh, give him time and he will rid all Judah of every evidence of heathen worship. Hmm, obviously you love King Hezekiah. Uh, of course. He seeks after God to do his will. Under his rule, we are free, happy. You are an Israelite. Yet you ask to help rid Jerusalem of Ahaz's idols? Your Grace, as high priest you must realize that I came here, as did many other Israelites, to worship Jehovah, not to worship idols or false gods. The people of Judah are tearing to pieces those altars of Ahaz so they can truly worship Jehovah at the Passover feast. Give me, therefore, I pray thee, permission to help destroy these altars to the false gods. Permission granted. fourteenth day of the second month, the renewal of a united Passover began. But there were many among the great multitude of people who were not sanctified according to the law of Moses, and thus, according to that law, unfit to enter into the Passover feast. But King Hezekiah prayed unto God, saying, O Lord God of heaven, pardon each of these good people who be not sanctified according to thy law. They are here, O God, to seek thy ways and do thy will. And thou, O Lord God of Abraham and Isaac, thou lookest upon the sincerity of the heart rather than on outward appearance. Purify them, O Lord, and bless them. There was great joy. Since the days of Solomon, the son of David, there was not the like in Jerusalem. the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
Why are you sitting here all by yourself while everybody else is playing soccer? I'm mad. Yeah? Who is it this time? God. God? You're mad at God? Can you do that? I don't see why not. He knows what I'm thinking, so he already knows I'm mad at him. What did he do? It's not what he did, it's what he didn't do. You're mad at God for something he didn't do? There's a switch. What didn't he do? He didn't save my cat. Perky? Yes, Perky died. He got sick, and I prayed and prayed for him to get better, and he didn't. He just got sicker and sicker, and then... Oh, Dora, I'm so sorry. So you can forget about all those things I said about prayer. Prayer doesn't work. God doesn't listen. You don't mean that. I do. What good is it to pray if what you want doesn't happen? Remember what the pastor said in church last week? He said that sometimes in this bad world, bad things happen. Even when we pray for good things, that's when we're supposed to ask God to help us be happy again. Well, I don't feel like praying. Then I think you should just sit here and remember Perky. When you feel better, you can pray and thank God for the happy times you had with that silly cat. Remember when he jumped off the table and landed on your dad's foot? Yeah, I remember. And when he used to sleep on my pillow at night, his purring kept me awake. And I remember when he... Hey, Carlos, thank you. Don't thank me. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 3, Crossed Swords. Hey, Dee Dee, Willie called when Jenny and Dee Dee walked into the shoebox the next day. I hear you and Jenny are staying in a spooky old house on the other side of town. In their Mill Valley church, the kids Dee Dee and Jenny's age have their class in a small room down a long hallway. Their teacher's name is Mrs. Shoe, pronounced Shoe. So they call their room the shoebox, and the kids who meet there are called the shoebox kids. It's not a spooky house, Willie, Dee Dee answered. It's my grandmother's house. Yeah, and it's neat, Jenny said. It's just too bad that we lost Dee Dee's grandmother's Bible. Jenny and Dee Dee told the others about the disappearing Bible. Sounds like you have another mystery on your hands, Mrs. Shoe said, but I am sure their Bible will turn up somewhere. We did get to sleep upstairs all by ourselves last night, Jenny said, and it's even got a room where a pirate stayed for a while. A pirate? Cool, Chris said. Well, he wasn't really a pirate, Dee Dee said, but he was a sea captain and a bad guy. That sounds like a pirate to me, Sammy interrupted. Shiver me timbers, Willie said, trying to sound like a pirate. Ship ahoy, Sammy added, pretending he was holding a sword. Har, har, Chris said. On guard. He pretended to poke a sword at Sammy. Here we go again, muttered Maria, Chris's older sister. Settle down, boys, Mrs. Shoes said with a smile. Put your swords away and let's study about swords in our Bibles. Swords? Really? Willie said. Sure, Willie, Maria said. A lot of people used swords in the Bible. That's right, Chris agreed. Remember, Peter cut off a person's ear with a sword. 
And the angel of the Garden of Eden had a flaming sword, added Didi. And Gideon's 300 soldiers had swords, Jenny said. Mrs. Shue nodded. Yes, there are many stories in the Bible about using swords. That's how people protected themselves in those days. But did you know that Christians have to protect themselves too? Chris raised his hand. I've thought about taking karate. Nobody would mess with me then. Mrs. Shue smiled and shook her head. I'm not talking about stopping bullies. God wants you to be a Christian and succeed in life, but there is someone who wants you to fail. Maria raised her hand. That's the devil. Mrs. Shue nodded. That's right, Maria. Would you read a text for us, and would you pick one of our big, strong men here to help me? The words big, strong, and men stirred the boys in the shoebox to life. Maria looked from Sammy to Chris to Willie. Each one flexed his muscles as much as he could, trying to look tough. Maria scratched her head and looked at Mrs. Shue. Big? Strong? I don't know. Oh, well, I choose Sammy anyway. Sammy raised his hands in victory and walked to the front. The others cheered him. Now, Sammy, Mrs. Shue explained, turning him to face the others, Maria is going to read Ephesians six ten to 17. As she reads on how to defend against the devil, I will cover you with the protection she talks about. Mrs. Shue nodded at Maria. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his great power. Sammy flexed his muscles. Maria rolled her eyes and kept reading. Wear God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's evil tricks. Creepy, Chris said. It's one thing to fight another person, but how can we fight the devil's tricks? Good question, Chris, Mrs. Shue said. Why don't you and Willie come up here and help me show how the fight would go if we stood on our own? Chris walked to the front and Willie rolled his wheelchair. Each took a place on either side of Sammy. Now, Sammy, Mrs. Shue said, if I were to give each of these boys wooden yardsticks, what would happen to you? She handed Chris and Willie each a yardstick. I'd get pounded, Sammy said meekly. Boys, show him, but be nice, Mrs. Shue said. Chris and Willie pretended to beat Sammy with the two yardsticks. Ouch, Sammy said. Those pretend wax hurt. Okay, boys, stop, Mrs. Shue said. Maria, continue reading. Maria nodded. That is why you need to get God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. So stand strong with the belt of truth tied around your waist. And on your chest, wear the protection of right living. And on your feet, wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong. And also use the shield of faith. With that, you can stop all the burning arrows of the evil one. As Maria read the text, Mrs. Shue reached into a box behind the blackboard and pulled out metal armor. She placed the armor around Sammy's hips, legs, chest, and shoulders. Then she took out some oversized boots and had Sammy step into them. Finally, she pulled out a wooden shield and handed it to him. Now those guys can't hurt me, Sammy said. Wait, Sammy, Mrs. Shue said. The text says to put on the full armor of God. You're not completely protected yet. Willie agreed. Yeah, guy, what if I were to conk you over the head? He tapped Sammy on the head with his ruler. And you don't have anything to fight back with yet, added Chris. It's coming, it's coming, Mrs. Shue said. Maria, read on. Maria did. Accept God's salvation to be your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit. That sword is the teaching of God. Mrs. Shue reached behind her again to take a silver helmet out of the box. Sammy put it on. Then Mrs. Shue gave Sammy an oversized wooden sword that was sharp on one side and dull on the other. Sammy held it high over his head. Okay, you guys, Sammy roared. Now I'm ready for you. 
Willie and Chris whacked Sammy's armor with their rulers, but Sammy was unhurt. Quickly, Willie and Chris realized that Sammy was more than a match for them. He swung his sword at them, and they finally retreated to the back of the room. Come back and fight, Sammy roared. The rest of the class cheered. When they settled down, Dee Dee raised her hand. Mrs. Shu, are we really supposed to walk around and look like Sammy does? It might have looked okay back in Bible days, but today it would look strange. What does the Bible mean? Well, look at the verse, Mrs. Shu said. It says that we are at war with the devil, but there are weapons available, and these verses tell us how they should be used. What do the pieces of armor and weapons mean? It was quiet for a moment as they looked at the verses. Finally, Maria raised her hand. The belt of truth and the chest covering of right living must mean knowing right from wrong. And the feet are protected by the good news of peace, Sammy said. What do you think that means? Well, we have feet to take us places swiftly, Mrs. Shu said. Perhaps the verse means that we're protected when we're taking the good news of peace, the good news about Jesus Christ, everywhere as swiftly as possible. And then there's the shield of faith, Willie said, strong enough to protect you from flaming arrows. That's because faith is belief that God will take care of you no matter what happens, Chris said. Exactly right, Chris, Mrs. Shu said. Jenny waved her hand, then pointed at the side of her head. The helmet of God's salvation must mean that you have to know you are saved and what Jesus has done to save you. I know what the sword of the Spirit is, Dee Dee said. It's the Bible. How is the Bible like a sword, Mrs. Shu asked. Nobody answered. I guess I can't expect you to have all the answers, Mrs. Shu continued, but that answer is an important one. Think about it over the next week. How is the Bible like a sword? I don't know how to answer Mrs. Shu's question, Jenny said to Dee Dee as they left. How is a Bible like a sword? Dee Dee didn't answer. She was busy thinking about a sword that was still missing at her grandmother's house. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 7, The Clue in the Secret Passage, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.